How long did it take for the guy to come? <laughs> Gabagool. Over here. Hello and welcome to Gabagool and Roses, the only leftist Sopranos podcast. My name is John. I've seen The Sopranos a bunch of times. I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts. Only this time, we're trying to do this shit from our respective quarantine bunkers. But they've never seen the podcast before. Uh, why don't you all introduce yourselves? They've never seen the I show before. God damn it. Uh, I'm Rachel. And uh, today we are talking about the 11th episode of well, The Sopranos. 12th and 13th. The 12th episode of The Sopranos, uh, which is called Isabella. Uh, so initials, re- initial, re- God damn it. All right. We haven't done this in a few weeks and I'm clearly rusty. Initial reactions to Isabella. Rachel, what did you think? Um, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have not rewatched it since I watched it two weeks ago to get ready for the last recording attempt. So, uh, from what I remember, (laughs) um, you know, again, just hitting you over the head with Freudian analysis and, um, uh, but it was a good app. It was a weird, like, I liked the device that they used, which we will get into. But yeah, I liked it. Right on, Ben, what did you think? It was, um, it was boring as shit until it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> and then it was I would awesome. tend to agree with that. <laughs> so let's... Uh, it definitely does that um, HBO show at, like, thing of it's the penultimate episode and a lot of the action like wraps Mm -hmm. up finally in this episode where so the next episode is going to be a little bit more just like tying up loose ends for the season um uh i thought it was kind of interesting this being such an early show in hbo's uh that it uh it already started that sort of um uh trope but uh, I, I remembered actually that I did not like this episode at all because of the um, device that it uses. Um, but on a rewatch this time, I I did like it, and I think it does work. Um, and it wasn't as uh, sort of heavy-handed and ham-fisted as I thought it was going to be. Uh, and like Rachel, I sort of skimmed over the episode this morning, uh, but I, and I have my notes on it, but I am a little bit rusty on it. But uh, I haven't watched the full thing since uh, we last tried to record and failed spectacularly. But um, all right, anyway, so let's, uh, let's get into it. I think the best place to start is with uh, our boy, uh, Tony, who is having a very sad time. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Tony is lying in bed, uh, and Carmela has been out shopping all day and, uh, she opens the window and gets some sunlight in there. And Tony, uh, uh you know, works his way over to the window and what does he see but a, uh, you know, a beautiful woman out in the neighbor's yard. And we've all done this. We've all, hung up laundry in our in our uh thinnest of of uh cotton dresses with our big old boobies just kind of <laughs> flowing freely in the wind. Uh-huh. Yep. Absolutely yeah. realistic. Very realistic. And of course this is a, a real thing that's happening. I guess uh do we want to go ahead and, and spoil the device we might as well you should have watched the episode before listening to this podcast but yeah um uh this is all in tony's mind it's a dream it's not a dream it's mm-hmm. a it's a hallucination almost um we'll see later that tony is uh overdosing himself on his lithium which uh, a lithium prescription is like serious, like antipsychotic uh, or whatever medicine. Um, that's the heavy duty sh- shit, and he's just like taking it by the fistful. Um, why is he? Why is he all uh, uh, cracked out on the lithium now? Like, what happened to make him go into overdrive? I think part of it is is the drama with Big Pussy. Yeah, because Pussy's missing. That's what he tells Carmela. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's depressed. 
Yeah, and he thinks that uh, I, I think it's still part of him thinks that Pussy might be a uh, a rat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but in 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 any event, he's disappeared, uh, and he's like Tony's best friend or one of his best friends apparently. So okay, he's very he's a very sad boy. He's the saddest boy, and he's just laying around in uh, bed all day. Yeah, so um, Christopher comes over to check on him, uh, and he's in a robe, uh, and you know they're talking about what happened to uh, Pussy, and um, you know he he's hoping that they can track him down. Apparently, uh, Pussy's wife is is being a phenomenal actress, saying she doesn't know where she is. But either way, there's no resolution on that front, and Tony uh, starts walking down to the basement and. Uh, uh, Christopher says, Are "You going somewhere, T?" And Tony says, uh, "I'm gonna go put some pants on." So the <laughs> next shot, the next shot is Tony fully dressed outside in his backyard, and a, um, a, a garment of laundry has blown into his yard, and that gives him a reason to go talk to Isabella. A uh, beautiful silk night garment. Como se dice, whatever. Um, I don't know what she said. And apparently, neither does does Tony. But it's a very strange... oh yeah, it was a camisole. It was a fucking camisole. They didn't <laughs> know what the fuck it was. Uh huh. Well, she knew what it was, but he doesn't know what it is. And right. So they have a, a nice little pleasant chat. Apparently, she's a a dental surgeon uh, student or a, a dental student mm-hmm. from Italy in an exchange program. You know how we have exchange programs uh, for dental school. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> for grad students and medical yeah. students for sure so yeah. i'm stumped by why tony's subconscious picks a dental student um yeah ah, yeah do either of I you know. all have any insight because it's it, it would make sense for me for her to be like a maybe a therapist like a, a therapist student maybe that's a little bit over uh, heavy-handed or whatever. Um, I'm remembering now that there is a dentist's office in Melfi's office. Um, we see Syl coming out of it mm-hmm. in an earlier episode. Yeah, that maybe that's the um, sort of unconscious connection. But uh, I, I don't really know. Um, did you all have any any ideas about that? I didn't even think about it to be honest with okay. you. So I'm. Um... Anybody who uh, anybody who gets me off on a tangent will know how I swear by the Dream Bible, and so I've consulted the Dream Bible. Okay. And uh, to dream of a dentist represents an aspect of your personality that is unpleasant but necessary. Okay. So yeah, and so Isabella, as we find out later, represents Tony's uh, desire for a caring, nurturing mother which is something that he's never had. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, it, but that is a necessary part, I guess, of his personality, um, certainly as the, as the show sees it. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. Thank you, Ben, for doing the homework. <laughs> sure. So, uh, so they have a, a pleasant chat and then, um, you know, apparently enough time has passed that same day for Tony to get dressed and then get in his car and head down to the newsstand in Montclair, uh, where apparently he's going to get assassinated. Uh, and uh, when he pulls up and gets out to go get a, a newspaper, the assassins are, are there. Uh, but Christopher has been tailing him, and he shows up. And, right. Uh, well, and it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a stop on his way to, to Melfi's. Um, so, yeah, Christopher gets in front of the assassins, and... and Neither of them knows that the other is involved here, um, that Chris is, is Tony's nephew and, and also mobbed up, or, and that uh, Chris certainly doesn't know that these are assassins sent to mm-hmm. kill Tony. They just both annoy each other. And Chris does something incredible, which I want to I wanna come up with what, like a, a recurring segment on the pod where it seems like in almost every episode, either Chris or Tony just does something that is so uh, not what you can do in real life. Like, 
pull your car into the middle of the street, park it in the middle of the street, and get out and leave it in the middle of the street. You can't do that. (laughs) That's very true. That's like a brain-breaking moment that we we talked about on other episodes. Brain poison, yeah. Brain poisoning moment, for sure. Uh, and yeah, the the assassins are right to be like, move your piece of shit car. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, and and Chris is like, show me your badge, you little bitch. Get out of my face. Right. So good work on Chris, um, you know, for breaking up an assassination attempt. Yeah. So so yeah. So Chris is the accidental hero, uh, and then Tony goes to therapy, um, where, um, uh. uh Melfi sort of floats the idea of him going and like to like an outpatient that outpatient or inpatient. I don't know, whatever, uh, like a, what Tony calls a laughing Academy. Uh, <laughs> she, well, she talks about him getting away and he's like, like to Vegas and lights up and she's like, no. Uh, and Tony doesn't mm-hmm. want to go to a laughing Academy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then after that, um, Tony uh, goes and runs into Isabella, uh, quote unquote, runs into her on the street and goes and has lunch with her. Um, and I would like to see the the end of Fight Club version of this where Tony Soprano oh is sitting downtown in Newark or whatever, having lunch and talking to himself. Uh-huh. Um but we find out in this <laughs> something I wanted to point out is that Tony's people are from Avellino. They're not Sicilian. Uh, Avellino is southern Italy, uh, so it's still the south. But um, I thought it was interesting that the for the creators not to make him Sicilian, which is primarily where the mob uh, comes from historically. Just a little mm-hmm. fun fact. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the course of this absolutely lovely lunch which again like we'll get i'll I'll bring this up again but this is it is a beautiful lunch that they're at i mean Mm -hmm. like especially now that i'm quarantined with uh (laughs) with uh oh shit i (laughs) edit that out uh who's around the uh, table around over there Uh, i really wish that she and i could go to that lovely lunch place right now Right. I'm so I'm so sad. Uh, another, <laughs> <laughs> it's another insta- uh, instance of the sh- the food in this show being great and looking great, even down to like the setting, um, and the table and all that. So yeah. So Tony loses his mind and and flashes <laughs> back to, you know, to rustic Italy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is there's pasta hanging uh, on the line. There's cloves of garlic in the window, and Isabella is nursing Antonio, mm-hmm. and uh, she like smiles lovingly at the at the camera. And then Tony snaps back to it, and Isabella says, "Are you on medication?" <laughs> He's like, "No, I'm not on medication." Right. Tell me more. But here's here's where I got the brain poisoning. He's like, so tell me why'd you want to go to dental school? And she's going on with it, and she's like, interested in tumors of the gums. And he's like, tumors <laughs> of the gums, huh? <laughs> cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, yeah, it's it's is... interesting to think about that. This is just Tony's subconscious firing, and it's firing yeah. tumors of the gums. I'm sorry, Rachel. I think I cut you off. No, that's okay. I, it is. It's a weird like juxtaposition because you have this beautiful, beautiful woman with this like gorgeous Italian accent, and she's just like talking about like clinical weird d- dental stuff. And Tony's like in love. Mm-hmm. He's like goo goo gaga heart eye emoji like all over the place. I <clears throat> there was. I think this was the moment where I was like. Mm, something's off here okay (laughs) this is a little on the nose when Mm she yeah i don't know the whole thing was wild Mm -hmm. so they they go home and they go to sleep or he goes i I don't know i guess the next shot of him is he's asleep in bed again um no i'm sorry he gets up 
he's awake and he's looking out the window and and Carmela comes into the room. He's like, "What you doing?" <laughs> he's right. like, oh, "Nothing." And that, I, I'm gonna pass this over to Rachel because, or John, or whatever. But this, <laughs> whew, this is a hell, a hell of a of a roast. Yeah. Oh yeah, Carmela's fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah sub- subconscious. Carmela. It's it's Tony's projection of how he thinks Carmela would be uh, if she were to catch him. And and then it's maybe then a little bit of his own guilt about his depression coming out And when she says like, dinner with you is a distant fucking memory um, and you've got time to go to lunch with this uh, dental student door um, that maybe Tony does feel a little bit guilty about neglecting Carm. Um, or at least, uh, if that's giving him too much credit, it's at least that he thinks Carm would roast the shit out of him. And she talks about cutting his dick off. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, it is it is a surgical, concise shoe uh, <laughs> out. It is awesome. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, it, so it's not... It may, it, this may have been in an earlier part, um, in the in the first time when Carm confronts him, she it is definitely that part. She talks about how sunlight is good for you, and uh, in Alaska they wear the hats with the little lights on them. Uh, I just wanted to shout that out because that's light therapy, uh, and that's a real thing, and it and it rules. Uh, and I would have written it off as dumb and stupid a few years ago, except okay. that I now have a little light therapy lamp that I sit in front of in the winter. Uh, and it helps immensely with my seasonal depression. Uh, and so I uh, highly recommend to any of you out there who suffer from seasonal depression, get you a little light therapy lamp and sit in front of it for 30 minutes. Uh, and it does uh, noticeably help. So mm-hmm. shouts out to light therapy. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're, all right. So, so, we've, so he's been chewed out. He goes back to sleep. And then here's where it finally picks up. Here's where the action picks up. Uh, he gets up and he's got to go to the newsstand again or see Melfi or whatever. Mm-hmm. But first he goes outside and, and Isabella's not outside. So he just, you know, gets in his truck and heads down the road to, um, to Montclair. Uh, he, it's windy as hell outside and he gets his orange juice in a newspaper. He heads back to his truck. And, the orange juice, by the way, not to interrupt and. Uh, the orange juice is a reference to The Godfather. Uh, in The Godfather, uh, what's-his-face is killed shopping for oranges. Uh, and he's killed in the middle of the citrus stand. And so uh, here you have a little reference to that with the um, with the oranges and the orange juice. Yep. So you've got, you've got uh, Petite... That's his name, right? Petite is, you know, out the car looking stern as hell. Uh, and he pulls the gun probably 10 feet from Tony. Yeah. Hits, hits him in the orange juice. It shatters. Uh, and he dives in the, in the truck in the front seat and, uh, and the music has stopped. And so, you know, they sort of wrestles the gun out of, out of Petite's control. Petite's, uh, co-conspirator runs up to shoot uh, Tony from the other window, but evidently grazes his ear and hits Petit in the head. And Tony wrestles with him, drives down the road, and, and the the other guy, like, falls off, and, and Tony's alive, and he's laughing, and he slams into a into a parked car. And, it's a uh, great yeah. shot. It is it's good. a great shot of Tony just, like, fucking on top of the world. I just stopped my two assassins. <laughs> And then just, like, plowing into those cars. Well, one of the things that he talks about in the earlier scene with Melfi is that he needs a jolt, he needs a reset to his system. Uh, and nothing mm-hmm. will get the adrenaline flowing like an attempted assassination. Uh, right. And so uh, you see immediately Tony, uh, his system has been reset. Um, the, the adrenaline has, like, leveled out his dopamine or serotonin or whatever. Uh, and he's already feeling better. Uh, and then, yeah, immediately smashes into a car. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, that's such a good, 
scene. It, it's beautiful. It is so well done. It's really good. And the, so, uh, to point out the music, like I'm supposed to, uh, and only half remember to do sometimes, it's the same Tiny Tears song that's playing in the very beginning when Tony oh is sad Oh my God, that song was mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very on the nose. It's Tiny it's... Tears. <laughs> I wrote that down. I when I heard the the scene where he's depressed in the shower and they're playing it, I was like, I gotta know what this right. is. It's mm-hmm. very modeling. Uh, it's very sad. Uh, and just kind of whiny. I don't know. It sounds like it could be like a Smith song yeah. or something. Um, yeah. yeah. Anywho, so then uh, next we see Tony. He is. Um, He's in the ER, and you see still the the effects of the mm-hmm. the adrenaline. He's he's joking around, he's laughing, uh, whereas just you know hours ago he could barely get out of bed, claiming oh it's a carjacking, it's nothing. Uh, you know, wish someone would have told them about the gas mileage on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, so Agent Harris comes in, uh, is like you're you're getting full immunity, uh, in exchange for testifying or whatever. And it's like, and Tony smartly is like, immunity for what? Like, right. you know, I'm not under indictment, am I? So, uh, so if you're ever asked by the FBI if you uh, if you'll cooperate uh, in exchange for full immunity, uh, think about if there's extant jeopardy for you uh, right. <laughs> if you're liable for anything. That's Ben's law corner. So, so Tony. You know, so Carmel is there. Carmel is like, oh, that sounds interesting. We're definitely interested in that shit. And uh, Tony's like, no, I swore an oath. You know, <laughs> Carmel's like, what? Are you a boy in a treehouse? <laughs> yeah. It's a great line. So it is very good. So obviously, Carmela is, is very much interested in getting out. Uh, and um, and Tony is, is very much loyal. And so then it, there's a scene where. Um, in the hospital out, outside, AJ is munching on a sandwich or something, and uh, <clears throat> Meadow is chilling with him. Uh, uh, and then uh, Phil and Polly come see them, and you know they say he's over there. And behind them, behind uh, Meadow and AJ, is a very interesting poster. Um, I don't know if you all caught no. that, but it's it's of the red. Uh, it's a Red Cross poster, and it says "Safe Families, Everybody Needs One." And I, I thought that was a really interesting detail because you know Carmela's like, "Well, shit, we're obviously in in danger. We're we're in trouble." And you know, you know, Tony is like, "They have a father. It's me, and everything that comes with it." Well, you have a very unsafe family, <laughs> right? So anyway, I, I thought that was cool. No, that is cool. It's definitely not uh, accidental, right? Where do they go next? They go home. And oh my God, guys, like this, this is the second time in the quarantine that I was like, God, I miss shit like this. They're just having like a reception or something. There's, there's yeah. hors d'oeuvres. There's, uh, oh my God. Oh yeah. Shit. They're all hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Everyone having a little, uh, what are they drinking? Uh, junior, this, this is one of those brain poisoning moments for me. <laughs> Junior comes over, and I'm pretty sure what he asks for is a curacao, which. Uh huh. Yes, that's it. He asked for curacao. Which... Curacao on the rocks, or like straight up, or something. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> he's, just, he's just got like blue lips and a blue tongue. He's like, mm, mm. <laughs> oh, delicious. I like my children's alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Curacao is, is yeah, to be the, mixed with other things in delicious combinations. Uh, yeah, like, I'll just, I'll have a glass of vermouth, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me get a shot of triple sec. <laughs> so they're just having just a delightful time just hanging out. And not not to pile on, not to pile on brain poisoning. Uh, Carm, but but this one too. Carm brings Tony some ravioli, uh, and she brings it to him in a crystal dish, like it looks like a candy dish. It's very weird, uh, <laughs> and I just noticed that for the first time. <laughs> it's it's like a very nice like crystal bowl. 
uh, and that's what he's eating ravioli from. Uh, I don't know if that was just like prop, that's what props could find, mm-hmm. or like that's supposed to tell us something about like Carmela wants to show off in front of all these people, and so she, I don't know. Anyway, it's weird. Uh, so I think they're just gaudy. Yeah, I think that's probably. Yeah. It. I think they're just gaudy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and then Chris is there uh, Chris has he was on somebody's boat and he has the great fishing hat with the lures still dangling from it oh my god I don't know why he'd still yep. be wearing that but he is the hat is so good <laughs> I made very specific note of mm-hmm. the hat uh-huh. he looks like such a dork he wears it through the whole thing, right? He doesn't take the hat off. Yeah, he keeps it on. It's so bizarre. He loves it. Even <laughs> um, and uh, uh, good for him. Good father, for him and his hat. Father Phil stops by. Father Phil has lost his goatee. Apparently, uh, he looks yeah. much better. I think without the goatee. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. He looked a little Donnie Wahlberg mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. goatee, and I wasn't into it. Nor I. Um, we've got we've got Junior and and uh, Livia show up and um, and Livia conveniently or something forgets who Meadow. No, is. it's very conveniently. Uh, who is that yeah. girl? Uh, <laughs> what an it's it's also such an awkward situation because. Tony and his pals all kind of have an idea that Junior has put a hit out on him. Mm-hmm. And they're all just trying to be normal about what's going on and the fact that his mother and uncle are likely conspiring to murder him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really an interesting... It's an interesting scene. Definitely. You know, that's that's like a uniquely American thing, too. Like... <laughs> I don't know how many how many people are like, well, let's just be civil with each other yeah. you know, in front of people when really there's like, oh, you just tried to fucking kill me. Get the fuck out of my house. Like anywhere else on earth. But like here in you know, in our dumbass country, we're we're more interested in saving face and being polite with one another. I'll tell than- you right now, my my dad invited my uncle who he suspects tried to poison him to thanksgiving this year Holy shit. and and everyone was bringing food and my dad said i'm not gonna eat whatever roy brings and i said well maybe at that point should we just not invite him that's wild rachel why <laughs> oh yeah that is wild but it- well, what can I? I mean, I, that's why I relate to Tony Soprano so much. Yeah, but I mean, like, why the fuck do we do that? You know, why don't you just like? You're right, Rachel. Just don't fucking invite the guy. Ostracize yeah. him. I think. I think Junior's yeah. thinks he's got to go. Right? He's to take the suspicion off of himself. He's got to go stop by and like make sure his nephew's okay because that's what you would do. Yeah, but he. He acts so right. suspicious. Junior is the least low-key person in mm-hmm. the world. He's a mm-hmm. scaredy cat, and he is not good at pretending he's innocent. <laughs> so I, I, I want to talk about, then. wait, then AJ comes down. Oh, yeah. And, and AJ, yeah. uh, running along in the background, is AJ's going to his first formal. And... Uh, I think so I think does Carm say that a, a woman asked AJ out because that would make sense. If not, then that's headcanon for me. <laughs> um uh-huh. and and yeah, so sure. AJ is he's like, Oh no, I can't go to the dance now, right? <laughs> Which I relate to this. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't want to go. When I was that age, I, I relate to this because when I was that age, a school dance was like the scariest fucking thing in the world to me. I I would have been very mm-hmm. much an AJ Soprano type in this moment. Yeah, I, I totally... I remember that just dread, that existential dread of like, 
you know, people are going to learn that I am an idiot. I don't know how to move or dance, which I don't. Uh, and, you know, people will make fun of me and, and see me as unfit. And I will, uh, you know, be forever shamed. Uh, I don't want to go. And, and, and the entire time, AJ was just looking for a reason. Like, he's at the hospital eating a sandwich. He's like, <laughs> guess I don't have to go to that dance. And uh, you know, Meadow goes self-absorbed much or self-involved much. <laughs> I, you know, I, that was great. But it's I don't I don't know why he doesn't want to go because he has the two best chaperones <laughs> one could ever hope for in Polly. That's a and great. So, yeah, let's just go ahead and talk yeah. about it because it's great. I love it. He's in uh, the <laughs> get him a limo with his like formal date. Uh, and it just him, and it, it, it starts on him. The shot is just on him, and it says, "He says, uh, do you think this is a stretch?" And then it cuts, and on the opposite side is Syl and Polly, who look like leering fucking goons, because uh, they are. <laughs> and it's such a great shot, uh, and they just they don't say anything. Uh, and then <laughs> Jay wants to drink the whiskey that's in the limo. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's, he's such a little shithead. shithead. He's already been in trouble for drinking the wine at the school. Uh, but yeah, they're just, Syl and Polly are just totally stone-faced. Like, yeah. imagine being, they're like second in command of the New Jersey Mafia, and <laughs> taking this kid, this little <laughs> shithead, to a school dance. This is the third or fourth time in which the New Jersey Mafia's resources are devoted to a school activity. <laughs> uh, and I get that, like, oh maybe, God. like, they're worried about his safety or whatever, but still, like, there's no other mm-hmm. soldiers or, like, Jimmy Altieri or somebody else who isn't fucking Sill, who's Tony's consigliere and Polly. <laughs> nope. It's gotta be. <laughs> his oldest friend. It's so funny. Uh, but... Yeah, it's a great, yeah. great choice. And it's like, what would they be? What would they be doing that night? You know, if it weren't for, you know, they, they'd be doing anything else. But no, they got to this fucking school day. I think that they they probably all sat around in that back room of the Bada Bing and planned this, and were just like <laughs> cracking the fuck up at the idea of taking AJ to a school dance. Yeah, like I think they did this for their own entertainment. <laughs> Um, all right, so then uh, we'll cut back to Tony. Uh, after everybody comes over and hangs out with Tony and we get some great interactions, uh, then uh, Tony goes to see Melfi, but he meets Melfi, I guess, in some undisclosed uh, location, and they're going to just meet in her car, and they have a real quick, quick, quick therapy session um, where Tony asks Melfi if she ever told mm-hmm. anybody about him and she admits that like she had like mentioned that she had a patient who was involved in all this stuff but never by name um and then uh he has another breakthrough uh in the car uh one is that he he talks about he talks about that jolt to the system uh and that it made him reset his his brain about like he wants to live um and he doesn't want to die and he fought like hell to live um, uh, and the other that, uh, Melfi sort of helps him get is that like, the only thing he wants is a nurturing mother. And that's what Isabella, uh, represents to him because I'm sorry, at this point we know that Isabella is fake or do we? No, we don't. Do we, we know don't? But, okay. Yeah. Tony, Tony talks about, cause he knows the hallucination of him in ancient Italy or whatever, uh, was fake. So that's what he's talking about the nurturing mother part. Um, and that's when she says that, uh, that he only ever wanted a nurturing mother. Uh, another thing just to mention on this is, uh, Tony smokes a cigarette in the car. That was Jason's cigarette. Jason's smoking again. He's not going to get to go to that non-smoking dorm. Oh so. yeah. Shouts out Jason. It's, it's hard to quit, bud, but You'll get there. Yeah, man. I've quit many times, but I think I've quit for good now, so that's good. Yeah, congratulations. That's Mazel tough. Tov, then. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So then, yep. um, yeah, Tony goes over to talk to Dr. Cusimano, 
about his exchange student Isabella, yeah. and that's where he finds out, oh no, I've been hallucinating, having these very vivid hallucinations. Um, he calls Melfi, who tells him to discontinue mm-hmm. the lithium, and he says he already flushed it. But uh, yeah, uh, lithium is is a really heavy, heavy uh, antipsychotic. So uh, the fact that he was uh, not only taking it, but as we see in the first scene, he's he's taking more than the prescribed dose was uh, no bueno. Be careful with your lithium, folks. That's the Tony story. Um, so one of the last things to talk about then is Junior going to confront Livia in the nursing home about what what do you, you you're over at Tony's and you don't recognize your own granddaughter. And she's like, I forget things. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't remember in this show that it was the, the way I remembered it was that it was kind of a gray area, whether Livia was involved in this or not. But on rewatching it this time, I think it's very, very clear. She was like ordering the hit basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Livia, yeah. Livia fucking sucks. That's, Oh my God. So, so we've got, that's the end of the junior storyline, but I think, the junior storyline also, or we should talk about the junior storyline. So the, so the show opens, the episode opens on mm-hmm. some lady's funeral. I don't know who it is or wake rather. And Jimmy Altieri is there and you know, he's, he, he's talking about the Brendan Falone hit or whatever. And Jimmy's like, fuck off buddy. Uh, but you know, still at the, at the funeral, uh, you know, Mikey Palmese and Chucky, what's his name? Oh, I don't Chucky, remember, but yeah. Whatever. That fucking guy. Uh, they show up, you know, start, and they tell Junior that there's been a, uh, they've set up the hit already and it's going to go down the following day. And as he's telling him this, you know, Junior's just remembering shit out loud. So it's, you know, the lady whose funeral it's at gave him his first hand job, uh, which, you know. Him and somebody else. So it's like, it's a group situation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're just remembering, you know, just whatever. Look, I've, I've not been there yet, you know, <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to have those, you know, those reactions or whatever. No. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. Let's move on. Uh, let's uh, talk about <laughs> how weird it is. Pa- for- we will, the, there will be a special episode of the podcast when Ben has his first <laughs> group hand job. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 I've not had a group hand job. <laughs> Let's make that clear. Oh my god, I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, it's a very funny moment. And, oh, and then we see, oh. like, throughout the episode, uh, Junior is pretty. I don't want to say he's torn about having the hit, but his conscience is fucking with him. Um, he's got like stomach ache and he, he just keeps telling, uh, mm-hmm. Mikey, like, I don't want to know anything about it. I don't want to know about it. Don't tell me about it. Um, they go to meet the guy mm-hmm. who set up the hit after fails the first time. Um, and junior is crouched down in the back of the mm-hmm. car. Like he doesn't want this guy to know at all that he's involved. Junior is the least hardcore gangster in this whole show mm-hmm. he could have been hardcore had he owned <laughs> up to eating mad pussy then i would have said he's the most hardcore gangster in the show but instead he was a coward he did drop the most badass line though of the season yeah come next time you come in here come heavy or don't come, come at all but that is no. that's pretty hardcore but we see that he's uh yeah. he's a paper tiger uh, as our as our friends would say, yeah, for sure. Cause he's just barfing out the back of the Lincoln <laughs> yeah. Town car. <laughs> you know? So, so Donnie rolls up after getting lost, uh, and you know, they're talking. Donnie talks to uh, Mikey and Chucky about uh, about yeah, you're gonna get my personal guarantee that this is happening tomorrow. Uh, and also, how fucked up is it that um, Tony's own mom wants him, you know, whacked and and Junior hears it because apparently he's got the windows down or something. So Mikey comes back and, and Junior says, no, fuck that. I don't like that kind of talk. So uh, Mikey shoots yeah. him in the head. Um, I would not have, like, if I were Mikey, like, I'm so stupid, I would not have realized <laughs> that that was a direction to go shoot that guy in the head. 
But I, I know. <laughs> like that's why I'm not in the mafia, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not that subtle. <laughs> I I kind of think of uh, Junior and Mikey Palmisi as um, uh, Mr. Leahy and Randy. <laughs> yeah. So in my head, when I watch and I think about this, I just imagine it's them. <laughs> so what else do we need to talk about with this episode? We killed Donnie. Uh, we got it. What we need to talk about Isabella. <laughs> well. <laughs> Would it shock anybody to learn who's been, who watched this episode uh, when when it finally is revealed that she's a hallucination? Would you believe that she is the embodiment of right. Tony's mommy issues? Um, it was just like I I disagree with what you said, John. I think it is completely heavy handed. Um, she's wearing white in every scene, which is a very, like, um, you know, it's like a feminine purity kind of, like, symbol. Um, and I think that the fact that they, that he has this hallucination in the same episode that his mother's hit on him is trying to, like, happen, um, you know, I... I wonder if he subconsciously knows that Livia is out to get him. I know that, like, timing-wise, he doesn't realize that he's got a hit out on him just yet um, before he meets Isabella. But, like, I think he knows that she is dangerous and hates him. And that's just, like, a lifelong thing. Well, I think it's safe for us to assume from the discussion that Tony later has with Melfi in the car that she has been having this kind of discussion with Tony. And so if it's in his subconscious, it's at least coming from Melfi. It's Melfi's voice in his head telling him how dangerous his mother is um, and 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 helping yeah. him to, to tackle and wrestle with these mommy issues. Um that he so clearly has um, that he, he, yeah, he only wanted a, a nurturing mother. That's the only thing that he's ever wanted really. Um, and uh, I mean, we see Carmela to a certain extent is a nurturing mother to their children. She's kind of like the best thing that Tony has. Um, and so he, he found that, um, but it's still like, that's a, a fucked up, way to look at a relationship but um yeah i don't know where it's going with that but yeah i, I think it, it's at least well, uh melfi in the back of his head and and not to mention you know he in his mind isabella has come to him through the kuzumanos mm -hmm. the kuzumanos are also who who connected him with dr that's melfi. a good that's a good catch yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're they're straight. They're like um, they're not from the criminal world. Um, they're like good, decent people. Mm -hmm. Oh, so yeah, we can talk a little bit. There is some uh, racism in this episode directed towards the uh, fellows that try to assassinate Tony. Um, I think Polly refers to him as a couple of Africans with a cap gun. Uh, oh, the Jamaican uh, bobsled team. That's the Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, of course, no bueno. But, uh, but I mean, not, not a lot to reflect on there other than that, like, it's something we've seen from these characters mm -hmm. over and over again, the casual racism uh, of their, yeah. uh, just the way they talk and the way they go about their lives. Also, also uh, Phil is in trouble this week because he, uh, he doesn't do a particularly good job of you know, he basically says, "Oh, what? Who cares if Tony has the sads? You know, everybody gets the sads." That's to Christopher. And Christopher's like, I, "You know, I'm I'm worried about the guy. You know, he's he's upset. He's not, you know, leaving this better." Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, yeah, still tries to justify it. He talks about Winston Churchill. Um, Churchill famously had depression. He called it his big black dog. Um, and uh, and Napoleon was a moody fuck too. Uh, these guys love the fucking History Channel, man. So so yeah, still still do better. Not cool, yeah. still not cool. Time to get into our our segments. Who was horny this episode? <laughs> oh fuck! Oh man! Junior um, at the funeral is very horny. Junior was a little horny. 
Junior was a little horny. Mm. That's it, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Tony just because, like, there is a weird sexual element to his thing with Isabella, but also he doesn't act on it, and Melfi points that out. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, he says, wow, if my dentist looked like you, I'd stay awake during my root canal or whatever. But, you know, I mean... And he specifically mentions her boobs to Dr. Cusimano. Uh Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. You know, Isabella with the... But, uh, yeah, I mean, part of his thing was about her (laughs) nursing and, uh, you know, boobs being the the way in which women feed their children. Uh, I don't know. It all goes back to the mother thing with Tony. Yeah, I don't want to touch that shit. Paging Dr. Freud. (laughs) So yeah, I, I'll go sign Junior being yeah, horny. Yeah, he's horny at the yeah. funeral, thinking about the hand job he got with his buddy, a little MMF hand job. Out. So, so let's play. Uh, uh, what do you want in your mouth? Oh yeah, I forgot. What do you, want, what your you want in your mouth? All right, uh, you start, Ben. Uh, I want that nice glass of white wine in my mouth that they're having at lunch. Uh, I I want to sit on like whatever. Uh, you know, patio and have a nice, lovely uh, lunch. Okay. I want in my mouth, I want the ravioli that Carmela serves to Tony in a crystal candy dish. Because <laughs> it looks like it's it's got to be homemade. You know, that's not Chef okay. Boyardee. Uh, and I, I, right now, would love some like homemade ravioli because I'm eating everything out of a can and out of my freezer because <laughs> quarantine sucks. <laughs> Rachel, what? Excuse okay, me. Rachel. I want some of that delicious gabagoo yeah. that's full of fat and nitrates. Somebody yeah. points out yeah, that but... it's full of fat and nitrates. But the name of our podcast is Gabagool and Roses, so I had to say Gabagool. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to pull out the audio of uh, Syl going, bring that Gabagool over here. Try to throw it in the show. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, that may become part of the, the intro. So if I can figure out how to do that. Who do you stand? I will say that I, this episode, I stand Chris because Chris is very worried about Tony and he's checking on Tony to make sure Tony's okay and not going in the basement to hang himself or do something bad. Um, that, you know, Tony did him the, the favor of checking on Tony checked on Chris when he thought Chris was, in a bad place, and now Chris is uh, being the same way to Tony. He's worried about Tony. He's mentioning it to Syl. He wants to make sure that that Tony is healthy and Tony is good. And so for those reasons, I stand Christopher. Also, that hat. Oh, yeah, the hat is amazing. How about you, Rachel? Uh, you know I stand our boy AJ Soprano. He's so good in this episode, and there's also one point, I wrote this down, I don't remember when it happened, but I, at some point he says something is dicked up. Oh yeah, when they're having dinner. That's dicked up. Yeah, when they're having dinner, he goes, that's dicked up. Oh, about chicken. The chicken never never put their feet on the ground. Right. That's right. That's dicked up. Meadow is sharing an incredible fact because she's so knowledgeable and smart mm-hmm. and I love her. And <laughs> yeah, and AJ responds in the appropriate way, <laughs> which is to say that's dicked up. Um, I love that kid. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. so mm-hmm. perfect. The the writing for him, the casting, like they did such a good job of making him such a fail son. It's great. <laughs> so uh so I you know, I'm not going to stand Meadow, even though she had a good episode, too. I think I'm going to stand... That's because you hate women. Uh, <laughs> right when I was getting ready to say Dr. Melfi, so... <laughs> <laughs> I okay. stand Isabella, uh, the imaginary character. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I stand Carmella this episode. Uh, you know, real Carmella and uh, projection Carmella. Uh, you know, she's she's working her hardest to keep the family afloat. Uh, she's going shopping all the time for uh, AJ's uh, suit that he's going to wear to his first formal. Uh, she's concerned about the safety of her family, and she's willing to hear out uh, Agent Harris about uh, you know going into witness protection. Uh, she's 
you know, welcoming of all of Tony's friends, you know, and, and putting on a very nice little reception or whatever, uh, nice little lunch. Um, and, uh, you know, she, you know, <laughs> gave Tony the fucking business in his head about <laughs> Isabella and apparently the second time. So, uh, Carmela, I, I stand. Uh, I will say even in Tony's projection of Carmela, she looks great. She is wearing that, like a blue suit, uh, kind of thing. Uh, and it looks fantastic. She looks great in this episode. Um, all right. So now it's time for the dialectic. Uh, every week we do the dialectic where we talk about the thesis, something that we liked from the episode, the antithesis, uh, something that we did not like in the episode, uh, and the synthesis, something that we loved from the episode. That's not really how dialectics works, but it kind of is, but it isn't. Uh, so you should just read about it. Uh, Rachel, would you like to give us your dialectic? Or Ben, would you like to give your dialectic? Yeah, maybe Ben. So I, I like um, the storyline of AJ. I liked his, you know, I, I definitely understood the whole, you know, like pouring myself a, a, a Coca-Cola at dinner and not wanting to do anything chivalrous and being, you know, put upon by pretending to be chivalrous to my, uh, you know, bitchy ass grandmother. Uh, that was, I, I totally understood all of that thing. You know, I fuck Cotillion. I don't want to go do anything friendly because I'm a shithead boy. I remember that. <laughs> that was cool. I did not like in this episode, uh, I did not like Sills, um, still uh, dismissing Tony's, uh, depression. That wasn't cool. Come on, bud. Check on your friend. You know, believe, you know, if, if someone's having a hard time, go hang, hang out with them. Uh, but something that I did love, I, I mentioned, it was the first thing that I described about this episode. It was, it was boring as shit until it wasn't. And I thought that it was an excellent job, uh, by the, by the writers and the developers of this, uh, of this episode, uh, to have the pacing of the show similar to Tony's, uh, mental, uh, state, I guess, you know, it, it sort of sleepwalking its way through an episode until, uh, that hinge moment when he gets his life taken, or uh, not his life taken, obviously, but his uh, attempt on his life. I thought that uh, the storytelling and the pacing of the show picks up, you know, just like Tony's heartbeat does. And I thought that was, that was very well done. So shout out to, to them for that and that alone. All right. Uh, Rachel? All right. Well, I, I like the way that the show portrayed Carmela this episode. Um, I think, like, like y'all were saying, she's, she's somehow in the midst of, like, indictments and a likely assassination attempt on her husband. She is, like, keeping it as cool as she can. And pretty much, like, the only person that's really holding shit together right now. Um, so I appreciate that. And I think that having that moment, uh, in Tony's imagination where she's chastising him kind of gives her character complexity because I think it would have been easy for the show to <clears throat> portray her as just like a stone cold bitch. But like when she's yelling at him, she's right about a lot of shit. Um, and I, I appreciate that they give her that uh, opportunity. Um, I didn't like, what did I not like? I felt like, um, well, uh, this is getting ahead of myself, so I'm not gonna... I, I didn't like that they just kind of threw Father Phil in the episode. He hasn't been in... Like, he hasn't been around for, like, five episodes. And then they're just like, here he is. And, <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, oh, you yeah. remember Father Phil. Yeah. <laughs> He's been clearly now, recording something else because he shaved his goatee. Right. Well, and we know because we're recording two episodes at a time that... I think that that's just set up so that they can put him in the next episode. Um, they can't just like, you know, they've got to have a little transition time. Well, what I loved oh, about this. Well, oh, go ahead. Tony does get that sweet dig on father Phil uh, and says, uh, go get yourself a sandwich. You're staying over, aren't you? And the like all the color drains out of his face. Um, I forgot yeah. That. It's a good, it's mm -hmm. a good little dig. Good. I'm not really sure what it gets us, but uh, it's a good little, little dig. Anyway, that is good. Um, what I loved was just the the re not the reveal per se, but um, 
the culmination of Livia's assassination or her hit out on her son, knowing for sure, like, kind of the pieces of the puzzle all coming together and really, like, if there was any doubt that she she's controlling things, that doubt has gone away. And how she's, like, really fucking smart because this whole thing where she doesn't remember all of a sudden is brilliant and i don't know maybe maybe she maybe it's the stress of ordering a hit on her child and she's legitimately like having a breakdown something also i i don't know i think she's just malicious yes she's yes. evil so yeah that's, that's my good. dialectic um so for my thesis um like i i've mentioned this earlier uh i i did not expect this to hold up uh the especially the the prime um thing about isabella being a hallucination uh, i did not remember that uh working and on rewatching it i think it does work um and i think it works well and i think it gets the across that the writers are trying to make um so i did end up liking that uh, i think i even warned you guys at the end of the last episode that we recorded i was like i don't really like this episode uh but actually after watching it i, I think it's a good episode um, that said, my antithesis is I'm kind of still torn on, this gets very close to me of being like a dream sequence, uh, and something that I have little patience for, and it, and it does feel a little fight clubby, uh, t to me, uh, and it makes me wonder about the things, the, especially that lunch scene, like, what did that actually look like? Was that Tony sitting alone at lunch? Was that all a hallucination while he's sitting yeah. in his truck? Like, what, like, I end up with a lot more questions that I want answered, that, and maybe that's just because I'm a weirdo. Um, but yeah, so, um, and, and again, they only have an hour. Well, so, hold on. You know. I, I think I want to interject something yeah. here. Like, I think the idea that... Um... Like if you remember, it's like a breezy, beautiful. Like it looks like right. a summer day, and you know the idea I thought was, you know, they took pains in the rest of the episode to show you how it's getting colder. You know, it's windier. It's it's bad out. You know, the weather's awful. There's a scene where Junior and Livia are at the matinee, and you know they can, you know, they're miserable. But like, um, I I in, in definitely envisioned that that was not in uh jersey anywhere i I thought that was somewhere completely different all up in that's a good mind. catch ben i like that um yeah so uh well <laughs> anyway that's what i had written down so i'm going to stick with it even though i think ben's explanation is very good uh, <laughs> so um then my synthesis something that i loved about this episode this is a great like penultimate episode uh i immediately was ready to watch the next episode uh, I can't imagine being in a situation where I had to like wait a whole another week to see like how this is all going to shake out because it feels like you have so many loose ends tied up and yet there is still so much more to go. Uh, and I was really uh, excited to watch the mm -hmm. next episode at the end of it. And so I think as a next to last episode, it works uh, very, very well. Uh, and that, that can be something that's really hard to pull off. I think that HBO usually does a really good job of pulling off that kind of thing. Um, the the penultimate episodes are usually good, uh, especially in like like Game of Thrones has a reputation of like the next to last episode in every season is like the big one where the big where all, everybody fights or whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought that was I thought that was really good. So that is the dialectic for the week. Yeah, I'm sorry. Rachel. Oh no, I was just gonna say I was thinking about True Detective yep. season one did the same thing where the the second to last episode was that like cool ass like they go into the the weird vortex and yeah, somebody is weird. Some, some executive anyway. HBO has really figured that out and make sure to hammer that into all of the yeah. shows. Um, Cause it is, it is. Uh, and then it, it bleeds into other stuff too. Like I think breaking bad does that a lot. Um, as I remember, um, and some other uh, prestige TV drink shows uh, do that a lot. So I'm a very, very proud of us for working in uh, other references to HBO shows. So I didn't have to pull my, my handy leftover, but you know, since we've made it to the end, and uh, anybody remember the show Cat House? <laughs> the yes. oh yeah, uh, shout out to Cat House from like 2005 or whatever. 
one of the characters on that show, uh, I, I guess characters are like, I guess it's just a professional name, whatever. One of the, uh, one of the residents of the Bunny Ranch, her name was Isabella Soprano. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Good. Oh. <laughs> Good call, Ben. I'm glad that you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I only remembered that because I Googled Isabella Soprano instead of Sopranos, and it was like, you watching some porn, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, I swear this is podcast All research, right. Google. God damn you. <laughs> Do that later. <laughs> That's for later. Yep, yep. So, oh, well. All right. Well, I had fun. Uh, you want you want to tie the, I put a, what do you call it? Finish this one? Yeah. Put a bow on it. There it is. Yeah, this was good. It was good to talk to you all. It's been a couple weeks mm-hmm. since we've been able to record, and also with all the corona stuff going on. Uh, I'm glad that we hopefully figured out a way to record this. We'll see how it comes out in the edit, but uh, yeah, it was good to talk to you guys. Yep. Wow. We are nearing the end of season one. We only have one episode left in season one, and uh, we're about to record that maybe right now. Uh, Maybe not, but uh, we are looking forward to it. Uh, And so until the finale of season one, please... Wash your hands. Stay away from people except for your therapist. Take your medication and organize carefully for the revolution. We love you. We love, love you. you. I ain't Suck got it. no motherfucker. So I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. Westside, bad boy killers. You know, you know who the realest is, niggas. We bring it to First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. Westside, when we Chaser, about to get murdered for the paper. Edie, I mean, approach the scene of the caper. Like a 
I'm smoking. No need for hoping it's a battle lost. I got him crossed as soon as the funk is popping off. Nigga, I hit him up. Now you tell me who won. I see them, they run. <laughs> they don't wanna see us. Whole junior mafia clique dressing up trying to be us. How the fuck they gonna be the mob when we always on our job? We millionaires. Killing ain't fair, but somebody gotta do it. Oh yeah, mob deep. <laughs> you wanna fuck with us? You little young ass motherfuckers. Don't one of you niggas got sickle cell or something. You fucking with me, nigga. You fuck around, have a seizure or heart attack. You better back the fuck up before you get smacked the fuck up. It's how we do it on our side. Any of you niggas from New York that wanna bring it, bring it. But we ain't singing, we bringing drama. Fuck you and your motherfucking mama. We gonna kill all you motherfuckers. Now when I came out, I told you it was just about Biggie. Then everybody had to open their mouth with a motherfucker opinion. Well, this how we gonna do this. Fuck Mob Deep. As a motherfucking crew And if you wanna be down with bad boy Then fuck you too Chino XL Fuck you too All you motherfuckers Fuck you too All of y'all motherfuckers Fuck you Die slow motherfucker My phone phone Make sure all y'all kids don't grow You motherfuckers can't be us or see us We motherfucking thug life riders West side till we die Out here in California nigga We warn you We'll bomb on you motherfuckers We do our job You think you mom nigga We the motherfuckers